Welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind Podcast, where you are not alone in the struggle to success. And I'm your host, Jasmine Hill of thefairhuddler.com. Get ready to be inspired by the journeys of entrepreneurs and even pick up a couple gems along the way. Let's Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Jasmine Hill, the Fear Hurdler. I know you're like, girl, we just heard from you Tuesday. Why are you back again? It's Thursday. I know, I know, I know, I know, but guess what? I got a surprise up my sleeve. Yes, surprise. I thought I would throw in this bonus track for the Not Your Average series. Yes. So today we have a voiceover actor, a author, and a speaker, Kareem Taylor. But that's not it. He is also a co-founder of a self-care retreat for black creatives that takes place in Los Angeles called Encounter. Yes, I know sometimes while we're in the hustle and the bustle of the grind, guess what we forget to do? We forget that we have to take a time to rejuvenate and refresh our minds so we can get back into the grind. So life doesn't make us sit down somewhere. You know, your health uh, starts going downhill, things of that nature. So I'm so excited to have Kareem here to talk about the importance of self-care, but also his awesome retreat tailored just for black creatives. Let's get into this bonus special, special edition episode for the Not Your Average series and welcome Kareem Taylor to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind podcast. Let's get into it. Get into it. Get into it. Welcome to the show today. We have a very special guest, Kareem Taylor. Welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be on here. Um, it's just, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you're a jack of all traits, but really excited uh, to talk to you about the retreat. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to begin the show with you telling the audience one word that describes you and why. Hmm. I should know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, one word that describes, how will my friends describe me? Hmm. The voice. The voice. voice. The voice. Nice. Yeah. Got the little Barry White going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how, that's literally how somebody would describe me. Like, if you ask them, like, well, what's Kareem? Like, people who know me, like, what do they know me for? It's just voice. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, tell us a little bit about your background and what is it that you do? Uh, so my background is in advertising and marketing. I'm a voiceover actor. I do I record um, promos and commercials uh, for TV networks like CNN and some um, uh, consumer product goods like Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do a bunch of corporate voiceover stuff too for things that people never see. Um, so I do a bunch of like TV commercials, but I also do stuff that airs at like corporate presentations at NBC that nobody ever sees except for executives and stuff. Right, right. Um, and so that's like my, 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 the thing that I've like jumped into out of the bat, out of college and kind of have been my background um, for the last seven years. But um, I also am an author and entrepreneur. Great. 
great. Now, now voiceover is something that, you know, we don't hear too often of people uh, jumping into. So how did you get into that um, field? Uh, how did I get into voiceover? Well, let's, let's, uh, I can take you back real quick if you take if us you're back, ready. Take us back. Um, well, I was actually joking around with my friend, my friend Greg, in our dorm room in my freshman year of college at Clark Atlanta, in Atlanta, and we were just kind of joking around about the voiceover movie trailer guy. Like, mm. uh, if you if you ever grew up, like, or you not even grew up, but if you watch movie trailers, there's like that one guy that does all the movie trailers. Right. Um, it's like this summer the biggest event. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you have that guy that like does all the voiceovers. And so we kind of, um, we found out that that was a real job and I kind of took it seriously. Like he was still joking about it, but I took it seriously. And then like at the time I was majoring in film and, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be a film director and I was made, I was, um, interning at a production company called Rainforest Films. And so Mm -hmm. through that, I actually was um, able to meet someone from CNN, um, like eight years ago and like through that internship met her from CNN, went up to CNN and like auditioned for the whole team of producers and landed one of my first gigs uh, through CNN, um, like my first official gigs. I had done like a lot of local stuff, but right. um, CNN was like the first job that I that I got. And I was like, OK, this is a real lucrative thing. Nice. Wow. How how something that you just joked around with has become become a passion i mean a a profession for you right i think that's that's the reason why we're doing encounters so we're like we're doing this retreat and it's 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 when you talk about like a creative journey something like that like something that's just random Mm -hmm. it's not like i went to law school and i decided that this was the path i was going to take or i I, you know i'm a a doctor or something like that like uh, i'm a creative so um you know what i mean like we're this this all of this has to do with like that creative weird journey right right so take us on that journey okay so you're working in doing voiceover work you're creative how did the idea of a retreat come to come about well it does seem kind of random based on what i've said so far because it's like i'm a voiceover person but i'm doing a mountain retreat like Uh they have (laughs) almost seem like they have nothing to do with each other so you know, other than my voiceover work, I'm really passionate about people and changing people's lives and inspiring people of color. Um, I love black people and I just think we're brilliant and I think we're geniuses. Um, I've traveled all over America since I wrote my book and I've, I've gone overseas as well. And I've just met so many people of color in all parts of the world where like um, it's that sense of oppression that exists in society mm-hmm. um, and that sense of like fighting for for just equal um, to be equal, uh, and to have the same chance as everybody else. Um, and so outside of my work as a voiceover actor, I, I do have an opinion about things that I, you know, I have like a point of view on things and I want to make an impact, um, on society, uh, outside of the fancy stuff that like my name is on in mm-hmm. terms of voiceover stuff. So, um, that's kind of like a little bit of background about me. It's kind of, that's kind of like what I care about. So I wrote a book in 2015 called get your life. Um, and that's <laughs> I just kinda... love the name just off the <laughs> like get your well, life. <laughs> I know I asked, um, Chanel, who's also my girlfriend, Chanel Williams of true splendor events, who's co-hosting the retreat. Uh-huh. Um, I asked her, I said, you know, what's something, you know, if you were talking to your girlfriends and, you know, you were telling her that she needs to get her stuff together, you know, what is it you would, you would tell her? And uh-huh. she was like, I'm telling her to, to get your life. And I was <laughs> like, well, that's the name of the book. Um, so yeah, I wrote the book and it's kind of like really got my creative juices flowing and traveling and all this stuff. But 
in the midst of all that, I got really sick. Um, and like, I, I, usually nothing ever happened, bad happens to me. Like, it's usually like I'll drink tea or something and like I'm fine or right. I'll go to sleep and I'm fine. Um, but this time it was just like I was stressed. I was working really hard. Um, I just was going and going and going. And for people that know me, I'm just always in hustle mode and I don't stop. Like, um, mm. I didn't stop for at least like, I mean, I've been working since I was like 14. So I didn't stop until I was like 28, like last year. So, right. um, yeah, so I got I got laid off from a job that I had, and I was sick at the same time, and I just was, like, feeling really down. And a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go on a retreat, and I was like uh, – or a wilderness retreat. And I was like, oh, no, not really, because um, black black people don't go on retreats. Right. Um, so I was like, no. But, um, but yeah, no, but I ended up going out there, and we, like, slept in the middle of the desert for, like, three days. And I kind of came out of it on the other end just feeling really grateful and appreciative about life. And I had a whole new found appreciation for, for obstacles and, like – all of that stuff that I thought were problems were no longer problems just three days away. And I came back to Chanel and I'm like, yo, I really want to do something like this. Um, but we should probably shouldn't go to the middle of the desert. Like we should probably do something that's like uh, a little bit more commercial friendly, um, right, but right. also, but also kind of, you know, to bring community and bring people together. So we decided we were going to do it in, in the mountains on a, on a, where there are bathrooms and there are bunk beds and like right. places to sleep and beds. And like, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about mountain lions. So, that's what the idea ended up turning into. So Encounter was kind of born out of, out of that idea. Chanel is an event planner, so this is what she does. She plans events. Um, and then I'm bringing the sort of marketing piece to it of um, kind of getting the word out and letting people find out about it. Um, and, yeah, we really feel like people can walk away with lifelong connections and friends for life um, but then also experience something and, like, take charge of this moment. I feel like right now you got you got Blavity, you got Black Creatives, you have your podcast, you have, like, Minority Trailblazers podcast, you have, like, I don't know, The, the Breakfast Club, you have, like, you have all these shows on Fox, you got Empire, you got Power, you got the Carmichael show on NBC. You have all of this, like, there's a lot going on right now. Right. And you, you are a part of that. You are a part of what's going on. You are you are the voice a voice in this generation. You know what I mean. So, w- this is a very particular time in history, and I really feel like we're taking advantage of that right. and saying let's be a part of this moment. Fifteen years from now, we're gonna say that we all knew each other, that we all gathered, that we all went up there uh, into the mountains. Um, and so that's kind of how we envision it, just kind of being a part of of a bigger moment that's even bigger than this retreat nice and i love how you call it self-care for the creative soul yep i love that because as creatives as you said like sometimes we can get um so deep into the grind that we forget that we have to take care of ourselves yeah it's easy um i think because i think we're sold the dream we're sold Mm. this idea that um no days off um continue working always be building your brand always be doing something to further your career like so we kind of start believing that and we believe that the more it hurts the more progress we're making and at least that's what i thought so i'm speaking on behalf of many people but i'm really speaking on behalf of myself because that's really what i um had took um, from advice I got when I was a teenager, like mm. one of my mentors told me like, you know, work really hard, take every opportunity that you can. And like, you know, never stop going. And so I really took his, his <laughs> advice to heart. I right. was like, okay. And I never stopped. Like I got my first job at um, BET in New York when I was 16 years old. Mm. Like 
I was going, I was the youngest person there. Like they called me youngest in charge. I was the youngest person uh, <laughs> on 50, 59th street, whatever, 57th street. Uh, and like, I was the youngest person there. So like I've been grinding for so long, but yeah, we don't really take time to take care of ourselves, especially a lot of us men as well in terms of um, just being able to, to keep our health right. And, you know, just think about the decisions that we're making, how these decisions over time impact our health, not just physically, but mentally as well. Right, right. And so you talked, you, you hit on it a little bit, but I was uh, looking into your story and you were, you were talking about how you were at almost at your mountain high. You had just released the book. You had got a promotion at work and then you got laid off. How were you yeah. able to bounce back after experiencing such a, you know, after being on a high to hitting an immediate low? You know, it was very weird. It was like it was the best year of my life, and then it just just went downhill. It was amazing. It was crazy. It was, uh, was kind of wild. Um, but I, I really, I really credit the retreat that I went on. Um, mm. I and I also went to Cape Town. I will, I will say this. So, I went to South Africa in October of 2016, and I went there to keynote a conference. Um, a marketing conference while I was in Johannesburg, I took a one hour flight to Cape town after the conference. Mm -hmm. And I had breakfast with a colleague at this restaurant called truth coffee. And it's like really popular place in Cape town. It's like really beautiful coffee shop. They supposedly have the best coffee in the world. Really? Um, yeah. Did you bring so it home back? That's the I, question. I, you know what? That's the I question. Didn't. I was, I didn't, <laughs> I was so in the moment that I wasn't even thinking about anything like that. Um, but though I should, and I feel like I'm going back, but anyway, um, when I was there, we got, we should tell me this story about, um, this barbecue place called Mazzoli's. Um, and Mazzoli's is kind of like where they make barbecue, um, every, every day they have like barbecue, but they, they traditionally like do it on Sundays and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But she told me about how traditionally, um, men grill, uh, Men grill the meat and women cut the vegetables. And that's just how it's done. She mm -hmm. told me one of her friends worked there and she was, you know, she, she was like, ah, well, why do I have to be back here? Like, why do girls have to be back here? It doesn't have to be this way. Um, and she wasn't really trying to make a point. She was just like, if I'm capable of grilling the meat, why can't I grill the meat with the guys? Right, so she right. just literally left the back of the kitchen and like went up to the front to grill the meat too. And it's one of those when like the conversation, sometimes when I repeat it, I'm like, it doesn't sound as profound when I say it, but when we were talking about this in truth, for some reason, when I was over there, I was just like, yo, like, that's what life is about. Like life is about kind of grabbing, kind of, kind of going after what you're capable of doing mm -hmm. um, and not blaming people or blaming society or blaming the way things are for your position. Right. And that's kind of where I was in life for a while. I was kind of just blaming, pointing a finger at everybody saying it's your fault. Why is this happening? And all of this stuff, instead of saying, well, what am I capable of doing? What tools do I have to use? What do I have at my disposal? Right. If I've been working right. since I was 15 14 uh who do i know um what what does all this mean um you know so you have to start what i started to think about more was what am i personally capable of doing what are my own capabilities mm -hmm. um to get my desired outcome as opposed to thinking what can the world give me and so like literally after that conversation i came back to la and i was just like transformed and changed <laughs> and just like whoa um I know that I'm not the only one who, who deals with that sort of creative turmoil. Um, but I want people, I want to help others sort of see the light, so to speak. 
Right. And I, it, and I love that you said creative turmoil. Um, I was actually having a conversation with one of my friends about that probably like the last two weeks. And I feel like when you're going through it, you feel like nobody else feels that way. But then when you get in conversations with other people, it's like, you feel like that too? Like you, <laughs> like you experienced that? Right. It's like, I mean, everybody, it happens to everybody. I mean, we're all, we're all human. We're all human. And our feelings are attacked on a daily basis from the moment we wake up and look on Instagram um, right. or roll through a timeline on any social media platform. Um, so, and, and, or if you don't get on Instagram that day, it's still in your daily life where your feelings change from hour to hour to hour, no matter right. who you are. Um, so when we, when I think about encounter, I think about, I don't think about it as just something we're just doing just for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. So if we want to do something for the sake of doing it, we would throw a party in LA and like tell people to come throw some music on, <laughs> make a nice flyer. Like turn if we up, wanted to up. do something that was easy <laughs> and like something that would just automatically work then we would do that. But we really believe in the power of retreats and bringing people together and giving them something to look forward to. Um, And and I really think it's more about the community piece of having people come together and realizing just how brilliant they are. Um, I met so many people in Johannesburg. It was a creative conference that I spoke at when I was out there. Uh And I've never seen so many black people in positions of power. Um, I don't know about you, but I just, I seen a lot when I was in Atlanta, but living in LA, everybody does not look like me. So, (laughs) when I went out to Johannesburg, like everybody that was in charge were like black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, and it was just, it was a crazy visual to see that. Like, you know, cause here in LA, at least, especially in advertising or marketing, it's just, it doesn't look that way. Right, um, right. But yeah, when I was out there, I just saw that. And I was like, man, they, they had a real supportive um, feeling. Like, it, I feel like it was kind of what we think the seventies for black people was in America. I think right. that's what's happening there because apartheid didn't, Apartheid was not that long ago for them, so they kind of still have that mood where they're grateful, but they're also like, "We will succeed, like we will be something." Like they're very like There's they have that feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have that real like hopeful feeling, and I, I really want to bring that here. Like I, that's the kind of vibes that we're trying to we're trying to bring, um, and and that kind of spirit that we're trying to bring, not just with with encounter, but also um, with anything that we're attached to. Nice. Now. Even when you were invited to that retreat and you said retreat, black people don't do retreats. So (laughs) (laughs) how are you changing that narrative and and really allowing people to see the bigger picture versus what they're used to? Right. I think the thing about it is it's like a business conference. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's like 70 percent business conference. It just happens to be in the mountains and we're going to be in cabins. Um. And that's really the difference. And so we're like, that's the reason why we didn't want to do like, um, like in the wilderness. I'm pretty sure there are, there's like, I mean, there's millions of black people in America. I'm sure you can get people to come into the the wilderness, um, but we don't want to do all right all three of those people, <laughs> seventeen million black people. Um, but yeah, so we're like, we, we that was too that seemed too heavy of a of a of a just heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we felt like something like something like encounter is more of that of that ted it's like a ted conference mm-hmm. um but it's also kind of like a, a summer camp thing where we have s'mores night by the campfire and we have a vr experience for like a fear session getting over fears mm-hmm. um but then we also have like these little breakout sessions so it's kind of that that mix of stuff that we're already familiar with 
Um, we have the most at this point in society and statistically, we have the most college graduates that we've ever had, the most black professionals that we've ever had. Um, people are making more money than they ever made. Um, and so people are starting to need more and more services like this mm-hmm. uh, or more and more uh, uh, environments and experiences like this. Um, and so, you know, statistically, it, there, it should be a need for something like Encounter. And so we're like, OK, well, if more and more of these people are are getting high stress jobs or entering into creative fields that have a lot of jobs and a lot of openings, that means that people are still going to be stressed out or people are still going to be right. chasing these creative journeys. So we know that the people are out there. Um, and so we're kind of we're kind of finding those people. We're finding just the, 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 the people who are into it. And I don't think we're trying to even change minds because mm-hmm. I think um, and I think that will happen over time as people see this this happen. And if we decide to do another one, um, you know, people would be like, oh, okay, now I see what they're, what they're about or what they do. Right. Um, but for this one, I think you have to understand, like you have to already know what, right, uh, right. what a retreat can do for you. So the, when I went on the retreat, um, on the first retreat that I went on, there was so many people there. I'm just going to say it, there were so many white people there. And I was saying that you, we wonder sometimes, what do they know that we don't? Or what do they do that we don't do? And not to say that they're right or anything like that, but to say that when you meet a lot of successful people, you realize that they all have certain things in common. Um, And one of those things in common is maybe they play golf or they go to the cigar shop or they go on retreats and they they opine about things and they talk openly about things Mm -hmm. and they get things off their chest and they communalize with other people. Um, they, They get hacks and tricks um and they talk away from the kitchen away from the living room away from the bar away Mm -hmm. from the things that that sort of barricade us from actually having conversation and saying what we really want to say um because when you're somewhere that that you feel absolutely comfortable being you say things that you're absolutely comfortable saying uh and so you end up saying and doing the same thing you end up brushing your teeth the same way. And so you end up living your life in that day the same way. So when you go up into the mountains or you go into a retreat or you go into a camp, you're forced uh, to, you put yourself in a position to actually do something different that day. And the idea that you've been looking for finally comes or this, right. this, this thought that you've been trying to get finally comes or someone says something to you that makes you think differently about the way that you've been thinking. And if you're a creative and you know, then you know the value of that. So all you do is ideas. If you're a creative, like that's that's your business. Your business is ideas and inventing right, things right, and creating right. things. So that's like that is the value right there. But you, we can't make you believe that. You have to have gotten money, or you have to have gotten some purpose from an idea or something like that for you to see the value in this. If you've never, if you've never experienced the reward from ideas, then you may not know how important this is. But for people who actually have experienced the rewards of ideas, they know what encounter means. Right. And, you know, something about retreats, I guess, because, you know, we're in the hustle and bustle of our day. But just the simple fact of just having just being still, it clears your mind so much. Like when I come back from different things like that, like me and my friends went to a mountains um, the end of last year. And when I came back, nice. like ideas were literally pouring out of my head. I'm like, where were you earlier? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Where were you last week? Yeah, but because really I was simple. able to be still that 
I could finally see exactly what was in my head. Right. So right. now, now, uh, Kareem with, you know, now you know that you need to take better care of yourself. Now, how are you able to, uh, take some of those breaks or how do you take those breaks in the middle of your grind now? Uh, I do the same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to a conference in Boston in November, in November, in, um, September. Um, so right after encounter, uh, I'll be actually going out there to speak, but I'm also going there just to be inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's how I take my break. I mean, I don't have a nine to five gig, so right. I'm not, I don't, I, I don't have to, I can't, you know, I can go to the gym when I want to, I can go to yoga. So I, I do retreats. I do yoga. I go to the gym. I play basketball. Um, I hang with friends, um, go to conferences. Uh, I travel. So all of this to me is like, it's, it's like going to the gym for me. Um, if I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, then I need to be going, you know, doing something else to sort of maintain my mind as well. And I try to do that as often as I can. Really, it's funny because we were talking like how when we uh, I went to Cape Town and like I had the time of my life or South Africa and I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like everything was possible, like everything that I thought right. was impossible was was possible. And but when I came back, like four days later, I was right back to like doubting myself uh-huh. like you know what I mean so you realize <laughs> just how just how quickly um it can happen but you but also you realize just how quickly you need it again like yes so you continually need to do that um and I try to it's it really is a cycle, it's a cycle. and it's a it's a day-by-day thing you you have to it is a habit that you have to form um and I've just found so many different ways to kind of continue keeping that top of mind um, and saying, you know what, I got to get out of here. I'm got to go to San Diego for the weekend. Luckily, we're in California, so there's so many different places like nearby. Right. That's just like amazing to go to, whether it's San Diego or, or Vegas or San Francisco or Oakland, you know, whatever it is. So there's like so many different things that you can do um, just just on the weekend. Yeah, if you ever want to kidnap me, I won't even press charges. <laughs> I'll send the people the address. We we can make it happen. <laughs> hey, there's a lot happening. Here. There's a lot happening. We need we need we need black people. Now. So you talked a lot about it already, but what are some other things that people interested or attendees can expect at Encounter? Well, we have uh, a couple speakers coming in, so and session leaders. So one, we have Frances Fernandez. She's coming in from the D.C. area, and she's going to be teaching flow yoga. So for the Saturday morning and Sunday morning, we're going to be doing yoga mm-hmm. uh, in the mountains, potentially outside, depending on the weather. Um, also, we have Lucky, who is a choreographer for um, the WNBA team here in L.A. He's coming up and it's like has blessed us to do um a, he's going to teach a dance class. So he does like a hip hop nineties dance class. Nice. So we're going to be up, up there looking crazy. Uh, I'm not the best dancer or anything like that. So doing the running man. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like, so for me, even like, like this retreat for me is an experience too, because I don't really, I'm not a dancer. You won't find me at those dance classes. So I, like now I have to do it because I'm doing the encounter and I have to lead by example. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, Lucky's coming up. He's teaching class. We're also going to do, um, I'm speaking as well. So I'm doing a, um, a talk on growing your blog and to making it profitable, not just from an advertising perspective in terms of like Google ads or, or having people pay you to post stuff or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from more of a strategical standpoint. So through my blog, I've been able to be, I've landed two pages in black enterprise magazine, the print version. Um, I got a $70,000 
contract uh, from it. Nice. I've gotten free trips around the world because of it. Um, and so I use it for strategic um, marketing for myself. And I want to teach people how to do that. Um, and I'm doing it from a personal thing because I have um, I have a thing against people who charge like forty dollars to like post something on Instagram. Right. I'm like, you could be making so much more money from organizations that actually have the money. Like, stop doing petty things for that forty dollars to post a tweet or something like that. Like, uh, you could be making five thousand or ten thousand or fifteen thousand right, um, dollars from organizations and figuring out how to do that strategically is what I'm gonna be talking about. Uh, but that's just one talk on there. Um, we also have Dimitri Alexander. He's a UX designer at AT and T, mm-hmm. Directv. So he works in entertainment um part of it but he basically designs for the future um but he does that for um at&t and he's gonna be teaching creatives how to des- how to create things and design things to work so whether it's a project or an idea he has a formula for making ideas work um also nandy sharif is going to be there dr nandy sharif she is a um she's going to be talking about removing hurdles removing the mental hurdles that block us mm-hmm. um so she's got her phd in that world we're just going to stand back and just let her do her thing so interactive <laughs> interactive session on kind of removing those mental blocks that that stop you um Yes, we we really believe that it's not really like the, the practical things that hold us back. You can have right. all the money in the world exactly. and still be um, in turmoil uh, in creative turmoil. Um, and then finally, we have um, wait, is that it? I think Lucky Dimitri uh, and Nandi Sharif. Yeah, I think and Francis and me. Great lineup. That is truly like body, mind, and soul. Like all that was a great way to put it. Yeah, all that is a great way to put it. Now, before we get into the fun question, you have to drop a half of a gem, just like a, a little, little gem on some of the ways we can monetize and the things that we do. Hmm. That's very general. <laughs> well, but... we, since we talked about blogs, we can, we can talk about blogs. Right. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Some of us, you have to figure out what blog you do. So, for example, you might do a, let's see, a fashion blog, mm-hmm. right? So, say you do a fashion blog, and you and somebody approaches you, and they're like, "Hey, I'm having, I have an event coming up. Do you mind posting my blog, my my event flyer on your website?" You're gonna say, "Well, I charge forty dollars to post it." And well, for the person that's asking you to do that. You know, it's like, well, is the forty dollars gonna be worth it? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and and what's the value of that forty dollars? Right. Um, you know, what's it going to do? Uh, yeah, you might have, I don't know, you might say you have ten thousand e- email subscribers or something like that. But please don't lie to me, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of having that conversation, if you were on a fashion blog, uh, what I suggest is kind of turning that into a, into a marketing vehicle for your own personal brand and using that so for example if you do a fashion blog you can go up to gucci and strike a deal like a licensing deal for content or saying hey gucci i'll do this for you or gucci i'll write i'll do your content marketing or i'll do your i'll do this for you uh so i think that people can take people can be less B to C and be more B to B, and right, use right. those platforms as basically their portfolio. Um, what a lot of creatives don't realize is that they're so special, they're so unique, they're so talented mm-hmm. um, that they're so rare and valuable. Right? Right, right. When you don't realize how valuable you are, you kind of miss out on those big lucrative deals. Um, so you know, for example, like I write, I wrote two years every Monday on my blog. Um, or I sent a newsletter every Monday 
to all of my followers on my mailing list. Uh-huh. And I would just write about anything. I was just really writing. I was writing to write because I wanted to be a better writer. Um, but I would put interesting stories in there. And I did that for two years straight. And six months in, people were already emailing me for, to do voiceover work. People mm-hmm. already emailing me uh, to write on their blog, uh, paid uh, writing uh, in my industry trade publication. So doing writing for marketing um newspapers um like the like those opportunities are real and it's like putting the relationships that you've built to work i know everybody i've been in this business i've been in music entertainment uh film for since i was 14 years old and so i know i know everybody but what do all those relationships mean um what i'm really good at is bringing those relationships online and offline and kind of marrying those two things so people who i know in the business follow my blog now they know what i'm up to now i'm top of mind and they know what i'm really good at and they know what they can hire me and call me for and so for a lot of people i stay top of mind so for me it's not just about strangers i don't i don't really write for everybody so if you're a blogger um i don't i don't write for everybody i write for my industry and i write for people for people who have the budgets to hire me and so and I do it in a very strategic but also authentic way. You know your so niche. Yeah. I know where yeah. I'm I know where I know my niche. And I really like being more B2B than B2C. Mm-hmm. With Encounter is more of a B2C effort, but in my in my day job pretty much I'm 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 all B2B and I strategically blog for that purpose. And I really feel like more and more people could do that. Nice. I love that was a good gem. You gave us a whole gem. I asked for a half hey. and you over <laughs> Look at God. What's the point? Like, what's the point of like <laughs> podcasts if you can't give people the answer, right? Like, so insecure. We're taping this. It's uh, on a Thursday, so about time you guys hear the audience. Insecure will be out, but I still want to. I still wanted to have this dialogue, and I wanted to know: Are you Team Issa or are you Team Lawrence? I tell you, I, I and I, I may be a bit controversial. Now, now, so, now, think about your and, answer. I may not even end this episode. You say the wrong thing now. Oh my god! Well, it may not. It may not be fair. I have to say that I am on both sides. I understand both sides. Okay. Okay. And I don't think that I don't think either one of them were right for their actions. Right. right. I don't agree with none of their actions. I don't agree that you. That your girlfriend doesn't have hope in you, uh, and then you kind of start making her feel that way. But I also feel like the girl should not be doing that if she really loves you. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, I don't agree with none of what none of y'all are doing. And I'm not, I can't, I can't pick none of y'all. I can't say I'm either side. Like, um, but I love that show. I love Insecure because it's, it's, it's like, it's the show for this generation. Like, really this show is. couldn't have come out like in the 80s like it just couldn't have been like right now um women are just more and more outspoken and more and more confident and and more like it's less about the man it's like it's just it's just like really about women empowerment mm-hmm. and i feel like i feel like that is that message on that show is so important because I went to, when I went to college, I met so many women like that. Right. right. Cause college is like so many, it's so many girls, so many girls. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so, you know, you never around that many girls ever in life. Uh, and so I met like a plethora of girls and I was just like, Whoa, like people who just like 
sexually free, mentally free, but like really about their business, mm. you know, like all and all this stuff, just just very interesting people. And Insecure has turned this these characters, like these people, into real characters. Um, and I, and I know this is not the question, but I was just like. I'm I'm really into that show because I just love how real it is and that I actually know people who are like both of those people. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's even, real. And even uh, me and my friends talk about this, like watching the show and like some of her interactions at work and stuff. I'm sitting there saying like, I like I go through this, like I, I that happened to me. Like you can really <laughs> see yourself inside of the show. Um, so yeah, since you amazing. said women empowerment, I'm gonna put you on Team Issa's side. It, it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> He's <laughs> giving me a side. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll ahead. give you a side. I'll give you a side. <laughs> yeah, I love that she has like a point of view. Like, I mean, she has feelings. I mean, but it's it turns because a lot of times I think in relationships, men men believe that they have the all the power that they have like that that they're uh, that they're exempt from stuff. Like they think that they're exempt from getting their heart broken or something like that, right. or you know, there or or that the woman is the only one that cares in their relationship when we know that men can get in their feelings. So I I think uh, I was about to say encounter, but I think insecure <laughs> can um, can get can make men feel uncomfortable, but then also bring to light the multifaceted the multifacetedness of women. Like I right. mean, it's just reality. Black women, more in particular, just like you 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 put you put black women into a box for all these years and now you have to face the reality and not to say that your girl is like that, but you just have to know that there's multifaceted. Right. And we and never see that, that on like the, the girl actually cheating on the guy and covering up. Like, yeah, you really don't see that too much on TV. You don't, you know, she's brave. She's a, she's a strong, but you know, the, the, because I came late to the party, so I got on to Insecure, but I went back and lately began watching the web series, and I was like, this is genius, like, just to see her whole journey. Is oh, the, um, the awkward, awkward black girl. Yes, it was, like, yeah. so funny, so funny. Yeah, she's she's definitely, I mean, that's why I think right now is, like, the perfect time to be a creative, because it's easier than ever to make stuff and put out in the world and be discovered. And so I feel like right now people can put out whatever their reality is. Um, when I, I didn't realize that there were, like, rich black people until I went to Atlanta. So mm -hmm. I thought all black people had grew up, like, with little little money and we all came from the hood. Uh, until I went to Atlanta and started meeting black millionaires. Um, right, like, right. You know what I mean? And like went to these mansions and I was like, wait, you own this? What do you do? You're a lawyer? You're an actor? You're a doctor? You're, you're a film a producer? You... Yeah. Like, so, you know, like, I feel like people don't know, like there are kids in where I'm from in Brooklyn who don't know that this actually exists. Like you just don't know. So there's so many perspectives that can be told on screen and even on screen or, or audio form, whatever. Um, and I think it's up to everybody to kind of share their story because we're not all the same. I'm from Brooklyn. You're in North Carolina. Like, people in Miami, Florida, like, people in New Orleans. Like, everybody, we might be black, but everybody's, like, got a different story to tell. Right, right. Love that. So, sorry, guys, we went on this insecure tangent, but it had, <laughs> it had to happen. It had to happen. <laughs> so let's get into the Jim Dropper segment. The first question is, what is the best piece of advice that you have received? The best piece of advice I've ever received was stop complaining. <laughs> That's a good one. And that was actually um, 
I had did this video when I was living in New York. And this is like the most recent advice I've ever received. Because I got an advice from my mom and advice from like mentors. Mm-hmm. But I did this video where I was complaining on camera. It's on YouTube. It's like from like five or six years ago. Uh-huh. And I was just upset. I had felt like I had did every all the work that I was supposed to do. Um, I had listened to all my mentors and all the advice that everybody gave me. And like my dream still was not working out. And I asked myself, like, what in the hell does it take for me to win? Mm-hmm. Like, what will it take? And I had really, like, reached the max. I was upset. Um, and when I looked at the video, like, I looked back at the video, and I just looked at myself, and I watched it, and I heard myself. And I was just like, why is this dude complaining? Like, I watched it in third person. Like, I just, <laughs> right, like if you right. ever listen, if you ever if you ever want to see what you really think and what you really look like, you should record yourself complaining and then like, listen to yourself and be like, well, you know, give yourself advice. And that's pretty much what I did. Like, why are you good? Like, I really looked at myself. Why are you complaining? Stop complaining. Nice. Even though, even though everything you're saying is real and true. Right. But you still need to stop complaining. (laughs) Right. Right. I like like, the idea of, of recording yourself and then, giving your own self advice because it sounds in your head you you'll justify it to make it sound good but when you're just hearing the facts like from for what it is like you can't deny that like yeah you just you just sound like you're you're ignoring the reality like you're ignoring the real answer here the real answer is you're not doing what you love you love you love and what's stopping you from doing that and there's no way that you can lie to yourself when you actually look at yourself saying something like really putting yourself down, like what's complaining. Uh, and you start at, you start answering the question for yourself. Like, wait, why don't you just do what you love then? Why are you complaining? Like, why don't right. you just do it? So, yeah. Definitely love that. So next question, what is an app or a website that makes business easier? I wanted to list so many for this. <laughs> Um, but I'm gonna, in can, can I say multiple or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what's on your heart. Say what's on your heart. Uh, HubSpot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so HubSpot makes these tools that allows you to keep track of your contacts. Um, the last time you emailed them, um, it's a great, it's the, it's a great way for me to keep in touch with people that I've worked with and understand my relationships and put people into segments. Right. Um, and that really, really, um, helps me, um, courts, qz.com. Mm-hmm. I, I go there to see what's going on in the world from a techno technological standpoint. Like I read an article on courts where it was talking about, and it's not even technology, but it was talking about, are you familiar with Sriracha sauce? Yeah. The hot sauce, right? The hot the sauce. Hot, yeah, yeah. So the 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 founder and CEO of that company did an interview on Quartz, and I'm just interested in stories like that because I was like, okay, he did an interview, like, but they were just talking <laughs> about like, I I just like reading weird stories, and they have weird stories, but he did an interview just talking about like how what makes them different is that they use real chilies, mm-hmm. um, but and so it, and because they use real chilies, it makes it hard for their business to grow, um, or wow. expand and sort of be mass have the mass level that it could have. Um, so like there's a bunch of hot, like Tabasco, for example, they don't use the fresh chilies, So, uh, or, or the fresh ingredients so they can mass 
anything. Um, so I thought I sometimes take like little nuggets like that when I think about things that I'm working on and I'm like, hmm, right, you right. do take when you're, when you're, you know, when you're working, I don't, I don't make food, but I make products and I make services and I offer things. Uh, and so it's like, well, you have to, you know, it's like, you have to decide, make these business decisions, um, about what's more important for you, scale or quality. So, um, but yeah, Quartz is one of my favorite websites and HubSpot is one of my favorite, um, apps that I, that I make sure that I, that I use all the time. Nice. I'm going to definitely have to check out that quartz. So I'm going to have to check that out. So next question, what is your favorite book? My favorite book right now that I've read in the last five years is man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. Mm. What is that about? Tell me a little bit about that. That is, it's a book about the Holocaust. It's a, it's a memoir about a, a man's experience in the Holocaust. So he's a psychologist and he was, was sent to a concentration camp and he had watched, he had watched people and sort of made his observations. And one of the things that he said in the book that continue to, I can always think about is that the people that were considered to be bad were not necessarily bad people, but they did bad things. Mm-hmm. And the people who were considered to be good weren't necessarily good people. They were just good under the circumstances that they were in. And one of the things that I walked away with is just like, you know, people aren't bad people just because they're bad people. Like sometimes people are who they are because of their environment. Right. But also the book is about sort of coming to terms with your own personal meaning in life and making meaning from your own personal struggle and your own personal story. Um, I remember when I went to college, a lot of people would say, I want to be the next Oprah. Um, and I'm sure 10, 15, 20 years ago, people were saying, I want to be the next Oprah. Uh, if you don't, if you've noticed, no one has been the next Oprah. Right. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed. But so that's a lot me because, you know, that's my auntie and stuff. That's auntie <laughs> right. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to put anybody down when I right. say that. But I'm, but from the book, it's just saying, take ownership of your story. Right. Um, you're going to be somebody. You will be somebody. Uh, and if you could let go of who you think you should be and come to terms with who you really are and what makes you unique, mm. I feel you can really become what you are meant to become as opposed to trying to go this path that you insist on going on because someone told you that that was the right way to go or in your brain, that's the journey that you thought you needed to take. So in his book, he sort of talks about finding meaning and, and, and really from your own personal story. Um, and I, I really walk away in power with that. So like literally I send that book to like my friends and family, like nice. you have to, to you have to read too. this. That, that's, that sounds something up my alley. I like that. I like that. So what is a quote that you live by? stop chasing your passion Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up thinking that you needed to chase your passion and I kind of went that route I was like I need to find what I love until I realized that it doesn't matter what you love if the economy is not hiring for that Um, I have learned at least in the last five years that the economy only wants certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big money is only in certain places. It's one thing to get a, a couple dollars here and there. It's another thing to sh- strike deals because something is truly valuable to the marketplace, to the economy. Um, and so I always consistently think about how do I create things that are 
relevant, culturally relevant? Um, how do I create things that are actually needed by the marketplace? Um, create things where there are competitors. Um, and this is like so business-like, but that's where my brain is now. Right, um, it's true stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's reality. Yeah, it's just like creating creating things that the world actually needs. I can tell you a quick story. So I was um, building this website in 2008 called Death Duty Diaries, mm. and it was like it was a blog for um, uh, RAs. So I was an RA in my dorm, and I was like, somebody needs to do a blog where they talk about RA life because all the crazy <laughs> stuff I saw, like girls sneaking in the dorm, guys sneaking in the dorm, right. you can hear people have sex, and like it's just too much going on. And I'm like, somebody needs to write about this stuff. So I created so a whole, I created a whole website called Death Duty Diaries, and like it was really popular. We got thousands of views. I'm like, uh, like ten thousand views a day, which is like pretty huge and pretty significant. Right. And we were like, and so I used that to get advertising from like local sponsors. Mm -hmm. So I had like uh, Papa John's Pizza. I had the local um, uh, movie theater. So like we got local sponsors to pay us, and I had like twenty freelance writers, and I was paying people, and it was amazing. It was like I had built this like little business, and I was a senior in college, mm -hmm. and so it ended up so at the same time though i was building like, like this is where i went wrong the same time i was building this in silicon valley at the same time these two guys brian and joe were building this website called airbnb and they knew something that i didn't they knew what was happening they knew that there were there were conferences going around and that people would need a place to stay and that when people go to a conference those rooms are going to be like $430 a night and some people aren't going to be able to stay there. So they're going to call their friends in town and say, hey, can I sleep on your couch? Like they knew what was happening in the world and they found something that was actually happening um, that could be scalable. And now that company is worth like $30 billion. Right. And I feel like I lost out on my billion. Mm. I feel like I didn't see what was going on in the world. I feel like I missed out. And a lot of the work that I do in part of encounter, what encounter is, is just about seeing the opportunity. Right. Sometimes we will miss it. Like some of our parents may have missed the Bill Gates era, the PC era, what happened in the original Silicon Valley. Some of our grandparents may have missed Detroit, working with Henry Ford, the Industrial Revolution. Like, so what happens when you miss those revolutions? Well, you, you miss the revolution and you figure you you find another way you will get to your retirement party yes but you miss the revolution being a part of something special so a lot of what i think about a lot of what i write about and talk about now is really seeing the opportunity and what you can do with the tools that you have today what does all of this mean what does this moment mean you got insecure on tv you got facebook advertising you got you got all these th interesting things going on in culture and society. What does all that mean for what you're capable of doing? And so when I talk about passion versus actually what the world needs, it's like you have to match those two. You mm -hmm. can have the passion all you want, but you have to find something. You have to find something that's scalable, something that actually matters in the world that's actually happening and match those two. Yes, major keys. I wish I had like a, a drop a clues bomb or something. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my sound effects. <laughs> so hey, last, it's all good. last thing, what's, what's some last words of wisdom or advice do you have for those who want to create something out of the norm? Create something that makes people cry. Mm. A lot of times we create things that we ourselves won't consume. 
So not to say that if you make cigarettes, you should smoke cigarettes. I'm not saying that. But if all you do on Instagram when you wake up in the morning is click the explore page and watch cat videos or dog videos or fights on world star or gossip on the shade room. If that's what you do, why do you expect your consumers to do something different? So why are you posting things on Instagram that have nothing to do with what you want your consumers to actually do or watch? So a lot of times we create things that we ourselves don't consume. And I would challenge people to create things that make people cry, that make people laugh, that make people smile. Cause essentially that's what we do. I realized not long ago, since I also speak. So after I wrote my book, I've been on the, on the speaking circuit and traveling and I'm going to Sydney this fall. I'm going to um, Singapore. I'm going to Boston. Just let me and know if you need a personal assistant. I will. I, I, I know, right? <laughs> so, but I'm saying that to say that, like, a, a big part of my job, and I think anybody who creates content, you think you have a job to, 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 to create something remarkable or be legendary and all this stuff, and you kind of put a lot of pressure on yourself. But really, your job is to make people feel something, mm. to make them smile. And a lot of the stuff that I've been creating, I'm like, I really want to make people smile. And when you make people smile, you're actually offering a service, you know? So it's like Starbucks gives you that Frappuccino. Yeah, you it, it helps you. You drink it and it cools you off on a hot summer day, but it also makes you smile, makes you feel better. And essentially that's serving a purpose. Uh, and so what I, and a lot of people I talk to, when I go out and speak, I'm talking to creative people. I'm talking to people who make commercials and people who write bloggers, journalists, all these people. Right. Um, and, and that's what I provoke people to do that if you're going to consume this stuff on a daily basis why do you expect everyone else to consume something different yes yes night those great words of wisdoms that that the audience can take away uh from this interview now if we wanted to register for encounter or if we wanted to uh, find you and connect with you buy your book where can we find all the good stuff you can get tickets for encounter at encountercamp.com backslash register all the information is there everything's on there we're also on instagram we're building like a really tight instagram community we follow like seven thousand people we're gonna have to unfollow all those people because uh, we're looking crazy out there now. Uh, but um yeah we we are building an interesting instagram community i really think it's going to turn into something beautiful it's definitely a more long-term strategic thinking mm-hmm. um but yeah encounter socal on instagram and yeah, for personal, I'm on kareemtaylor.com. True Splendor Events is Chanel's company. Um, so Chanel is Chanel's company is backing this whole thing. Um, nice. She is the logistics uh, queen, I should say, uh, <laughs> and, and making sure that this runs smoothly. But yeah, True Splendor Events on Instagram. And yeah, I'm so happy to to be on the show. Well, no more fear. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm so excited and so thankful that you came on today and to really make us think about our self-care and um, definitely audience to get connected with Encounter to remember that though we are in the ground, we are in the trenches that we need to take care of ourselves because we only get one life. So we need to take care of it pretty well. So thank you so much, Kareem, for being a guest. Uh, thank audience. you, Jay. That is the end of our show. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. And as always, create the shift, reach your dream. Black Girl Magic, we out. Hey, 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 you, you. Yes, you, yes, you. Before you roll out, 
If you're listening on an Apple product, make sure to head over to the podcast app, leave us a rate or a review. Just hit the search button, type in the perfectly imperfect grind, click on the cover art, and then tap on reviews. Help us spread the word to the masses. And if you don't already, follow me, Jasmine Hill, on social media at The Fear Hurdler. Sharing is caring, so share with all your friends. And now on that note, I'm out. For real this time. Have a good one. 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 Good one.